Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Alton Our Stars Podcast. That's the name of the show. My name is Chris Payne and I'm your host. It's a weekly podcast. Each week, have an interesting talk with someone in the world of alternative music. This week, Wild Beasts. They're not a metal band. They might sound like one. One of my favorite things, actually, about this band is how ridiculous their name is. They actually formed in a town in England filled with lads who wanted to hear dumb, angry music. They could drink beer and fight too. Wild Beasts play basically the opposite of that sort of music. So they basically name themselves that to troll these lads which are kind of like bros in America, sort of. We talked about that on this podcast. How are bros like lads? Well, listen to the show. You'll find that out and other things, like what it was like playing a show with Adele way before her first album even came out, how Wild Beasts have been with Domino Records for their whole career, almost a decade, five albums in now. Talked about a lot of stuff. We went off on some fun tangents, uh, shared some ideas. I had a blast with these guys, so... Thank you so much for listening, however this podcast is reaching your ears. I love doing this podcast. All different days on Billboard.com, I drop episodes, so to keep up with that, you should subscribe to the show. You can do that on iTunes, or just search for the Alton R Stars in the podcast app of your phone. Subscribe to it, get it every week. Also there, you can check out old episodes. I've been doing this podcast for about a year and three quarters now, year, eight months, so... Uh, some fun stuff lately, Zach Farrow from Paramore, Mitski, Local Natives, all sorts of stuff to dig into there, but no, we're listening to Wild Beast right now, so here we go, Alton Our Stars Podcast. Yeah, so here with Hayden and Tom, the songwriters from Wild Beasts. What's up, guys? Hi, What's guys. We are, we're good. We're really good. So, new album was out Friday. Mm-hmm. Boy King. So it's the fifth album now, and I think each one has a very defined style to it. So I was wondering, do you guys really make an effort like, oh shit, we can't repeat ourselves? Oh, it's not the primary thing, but it is um, It is something we're aware of, especially on this record that like we wanted to kind of um, put this with five records is when you kind of most bands settle down into making records that sound like themselves. You know what I mean? I think, yeah. Um, I think we felt like we wanted to be a bit more disruptive with that kind of like neat line through our catalogue, as it were. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's something we're mindful of, like trying to kind of like keep uh, keep a, a step ahead, as it were. But um, it has to feel authentic. Do you know what I mean? We're not trying mm-hmm. to we're not kind of trying to be like stylistic butterflies. We're trying to like you know um, 
aggregate things into our own sound rather than just kind of um, putting on masks, if that makes sense. Yeah, and yeah, just hearing you say it, five albums, that is mm-hmm. a while because it's, it's less than 10 years, right? It's so five, five albums in eight years, Yeah, which uh, I wouldn't recommend to the kids <laughs> in terms of an undertaking. But um, I guess I think that's in some respects why we have migrated how we have. It's because there's been a constant state of kind of transition. We haven't really ever stopped and kind of taken heed of maybe uh, career's advice, you know? Yeah. And I guess this isn't a regular career ex- career trajectory, but I guess any band setting out to have a quote-unquote career probably shouldn't have Limbo Panic as their debut record. Mm-hmm. And I guess in many senses we've been kind of traversing the wasteland that that bulldozer created before us you know so um you know and and as as tom said there is it is kind of of the same bloodline it's of the same lineage boy king as as limbo panto you know the kind of first chorus of limbo panto goes meant to be men must love and pity so deeply and secretly and that's just a, a line from boy king basically you know we mm-hmm. kind of that in many senses was our manifesto and we're still sticking to it it's just um if you protest if you kind of make something in objection to certain art forms for long enough, maybe you start to reflect that art form that you're objecting to. And that's kind of what's happened. That um, the kind of, maybe the kind of macho shapes and uh, tropes that we were kind of Mm -hmm. repelling kind of got in us. And um, it's kind of fun, fun to play with that. And the macho getting in, is that good or bad? You're smiling, so it's probably good yeah it's i mean it's, this is a fun record to play you know and i think um while i do think it kind of well i hope it engage i hope people understand that it, we're trying to engage with like the kind of like more problematic aspects of machismo and of like uh macho performance and of like um essentially repressed stuff do you know mm-hmm. what i mean but um it's also it is like a rock record and we are actually doing those things do you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's um there's something uh there's some fun in putting that over like it's kind of we're trying to satirize it but at the same time we, it's very much in us do you know what i mean we're very much part of the joke if i can put it like that uh, i read a really good interview recently with brian eno about bowie and it said bowie was just an actor according to eno and like it's saying you know we've been asked are, are you really that guy now are you really that guy who uh exists in these songs like big cat and tough guy and get my bang you know and it's like saying, well, did Bowie really think he was a star man? Did he really think he was an alien? Or did inhabiting that space mm. give him the freedom to inhabit himself better? And it's like, you know, it's like saying, do you skydive because you think you can fly? No, you do it because it allows you to be you a bit, a bit better, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, and we'll play some music so people listening get a sense for the themes, what we're talking about with this like excessive machismo kind of bro attitude gone uh-huh. awry that I think you're toying with in the album. But yeah, do you you were touching on this a little bit. Do you ever get worried that people will miss the irony? Uh, it, it's uh, it's possible, you know what I mean? It's I think um, a big part of this record is we... Um, but put it this way, um, we don't think of music like... A critic would do you know what I mean we are we are kind of like crafts people as it were we un- we understand it in a way that like it, this is how it's put together and these are these are the theme- these are like the artistic the overarching themes we're talking about but like um it all bleeds in do you know what I mean so like mm-hmm. um 
I'm kind of hoping that like people, uh, obviously I hope that people understand, but at the same time, like you can't let the tail wag the dog in that regard. You have to kind of, um, don't ask permission. Do you know what I mean? Do and then let it be judged, you know? Yeah. Well, a, a stunt is only a stunt if it looks like it could be catastrophic. And there are aspects of what we do that appear to be suicidal. <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of the thrill of it. What aspects are potentially suicidal? Um, I guess a lot of the things I've kind of passed kind of deflected, which are kind of cod Americanisms, you know, making a kind of limey band in America record uh, in many ways using um, kind of guitars uh, as that kind of uh, macho posture, that kind of mm. shredding aspect, yeah, yeah. taboo nature of those mm. sounds, uh, using the distortion pedal as the kind of up yours to adulthood, that kind of any kind of cliche, I guess, it can float with catastrophe. Mm. Um, but it also can, it's cliche because it, if used right, it can be kind of a shortcut to a powerful thing. Let's drop in some music before we get too deep into this conversation. <laughs> but I like where this is going. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss. This is Big Cat, the opening track from the album. You mentioned your hometown and, and starting off. Tell me what Kendall was like, the town in England where you're from. Because I feel like this, that could maybe link into some of these themes. Well, it absolutely <laughs> The machismo, does. right? Well, uh-huh. it is, exactly. I mean, the main aspect of where we fr- we're from is really that it's made up of a farming community. It's a kind of, an, a kind of quite archaic farming community been a, that's kind of predated a lot of the kind of um, governmental aspects of our country, to be honest. It's really okay. ancient farming culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, that meant that means that intrinsic to that culture is the kind of stoic, hardy nature. It, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. There's no but, cops to also, but work. Yeah. On, you work on the land, and yeah. feelings come afterwards. Mm. And uh, there's a hardiness and a kind of yeah that um, is inherent in us. It's in our DNA. We yeah. grew up with it. We went to school with it. We were amongst it. Yet our professional, our livelihoods rely on. Revelations about emotion and vulnerability. Yeah. So there's kind of an irreconcilable dynamic there. <laughs> there's a rub, and wherever there's a rub, there's energy, and I guess that's what we harness. I mean, there is something I think we've probably carried a lot of it forward, a lot more than I actually appreciate. Kind of like you were saying about the stoicism and the kind of, um, mm. I guess, the black humor and the kind of foul mouthedness versus this kind of like this. I guess it's kind of like it's kind of romanticism, it's kind of pastoralness, do you know what I mean? This, that we are, like, in opposition, even, I mean, because, like, England's very parochial and very regional, right? So we're totally in opposition to even, like, the closest cities to us. It's a very different thing, you know what I mean? And, like, even if, even sat here in, like, in the air in Manhattan, you still kind of retain some of that, you know? Maybe that's maybe that's what it means to be British. It's like you never quite escape wait, the position you were born in, do you know what I mean? Maybe that's too pessimistic. I'm sorry, I want to apologize to all the Americans listening to this, because it's really pessimistic. But um, it, it, but it is like, yeah, there is something to be said for that kind of like, uh, that inferiority complex and that kind of, uh, that anger and feeling you've been cheated, which is, a, I think, a big part of um, being like working class British, I think. Was there much music at all like Wild Beasts when you were starting off in Kendall? 
No. I'm thinking, no, yeah, I'm thinking no. no. Well, that was the point. I mean, the kind of, um, the point of our name was Wild Beast sounded like the pub rock blues bands that mm. were playing in our area. Yeah. Yeah. And then part of the protest was that people came to see these lads turn up with these guitars and then kind of sing like women down a mic. <laughs> well, that was kind of the punk rock aspect of it. It became more of a kind of up yours to do that than it was to scream down it. Um, yeah. And it's funny, funny by the, sorry, by the time, because by the time we get to Leeds, of course, there's like um, a great tradition of like art rock in the north of England, like thinking of like Gang of Four and Soft Cell in Leeds. You think going by Manchester, Joy Division, a certain ratio, you know. Smiths. Yeah. The, of course the Smiths, yeah. So like a huge influence on us. And like, that's, um, you try to, you kind of tie your ship, tie your ship to that tugboat a little bit, you know what I mean? When you kind of go, oh, okay, no, that, that exists too. Of course, I don't think it's, I think it's fair to say it wasn't there in Kendall. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Although there are, there are bands from Kendall, there's like you know there's, um, that band. Maybe it's a bit more UK heavy, but there's like band British Sea Power. It's our friends Woman's Hour. You know there are actually like bands from Kendall now. It's absolutely mm. unbelievable to me. I mean, I just try to imagine being 14 years old and that having happened would absolutely blow my mind that that was possible. You know. Yeah, because playing that, playing just like aggro punk music, probably the the boys in the pub just would have like put up their pints and shouted along and. Yeah, that's what, would, that's what it would have been. Yeah, that's what the lads want. Um. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, certainly, I mean, I pl- you know, we played with um, like lad rock bands. We played with like skate, ska punk bands. Yeah. It's just there's not like a, the scene is very broad. You know what I mean? You just got to yeah. play where people will listen. But the nausea and terror of being the ones who are making this kind of music in that environment is still the is still where the rush is. It's still with the thrill. That's why we're here kind of vindicating and justifying this record because mm-hmm. people are saying really really in some respects and that's but well, that's okay that um i was kind of i was heartened by the nausea and terror i felt before this record came out because i felt <laughs> okay the, the, the vital signs of it are good we haven't kind of uh, made a record in suburbia that has a nice backyard for the kids to run around in you know um which is tends to be a better career path by five records perhaps Someone should have told us that, really. <laughs> <laughs> we should have made this record first at Limbo Panel last. That would have been much easier, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Let's drop in some more music. This is Alpha Female off the new record. Yeah, so in that one, who are you singing to? Um, it's it's a very personal song. That one, really, it's yeah. kind of about a, a a relationship in which you know uh, a woman in my life had to give a lot to get what she wanted, and it came at certain costs. And that's kind of this kind of a heartbreak song, but it's supposed at the same time a party song, which is my kind of favorite song yeah. <laughs> you know the song that you can kind of sob while dancing to yeah um, well i've been calling that song feminist cock rock which i think it, it is do you know what i mean it's like an inversion of all those kind of match masculine yeah. tropes in the service of kind of like what um subjection you know what i mean mm. uh, which i think I, I do think is kind of like our definitely in our wheelhouse you know what i mean that's definitely something that you can trace back through our records that kind of like that's that sense of being beta you know what i mean yeah 
do you see a lot of differences between how men respond to your music and how women respond to it? Not massively, in honesty. Like, because I think I'm, my music's really human. It's kind okay. of, it, it, it deals with the kind of uh, disasters of human beings. Mm. <laughs> Those kind of uh, crisis and kind of interrogation of self that I think belongs to us all. So not really. I think we're kind of pretty proud of having a pretty mixed audience on the mm. most part. It's kind of, we don't really have a heavy front on either side. No, I mean, certainly where we're, where, um, certainly a lot of our shows, you kind of get the kind of like, um, you get kind of like art kids and uh, what we would call lads, you would call bros, mixing, okay. mixing very happily. I was going to ask about that because I, th- I thought it was the same thing as bros. Yeah, well, it's, 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 <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's analogous. It's not the yeah, same. Yeah. but it, It's it, an archaic form of bros. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's kind of a medieval, like bros is kind of the more developed you like technologically advanced yeah like, yeah <laughs> um uh probably a, a bro is more athletic than a lad but anyway i, I digress anyway um I, but yeah that that's kind of um that's part that's part of it like the well, i think a big part of our appeal like um they you know because we like kind of like you know we're referencing you know we're referencing feminist writers and we like you know we're using like jazz chords and like clean guitars but we're also like for lads from the north singing about sex with you know and swearing and stuff and it's like that kind of dichotomy is definitely part of what we're we're not even no we don't even know we're playing with it that's just what we do you know that's just what feels right to us you know what i mean that kind of that kind of uh mm. that dissonance you know i guess we we kind of we kind of have quite heavy interviews nowadays because i think <laughs> huh. we we've, sp- we've spent a kind of a career kind of uh defending the question uh can I swear? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What the fuck is the usual kind of opening question from day one. So we kind of have built up this kind of kind of heavy response defense, I guess, of where we are. And actually had to kind of interrogate ourselves pretty heavily to kind of come up with those responses in truth. Um, but as Tom says, like a lot of these, the sense is complete retrofit. Like we just get in a room together and it feels good. And we make these sounds because they kind of reflect our inner states and, mm-hmm. and, and it's really between heart and hand, and the, the kind of the, the cerebral stuff comes after. Well, I always think the music is something you, you're expressing something you don't really understand yet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, exactly. it's not. It's not like it's not like you're sitting down and writing a piece of prose. It's like it's a, it's something like bodily, and some, it's something that's like ties together all those things. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes, sometimes well, sometimes not so well. But like mm. there's there is a, there is a sense of like that's the only way I can say that right now. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes the song will kind of bring to the fore aspect of your co- of your consciousness that you kind of was inconvenient to you and then it comes out and you're like uh-uh, okay <laughs> and it's, it's a strange sensation and some records you're kind of happy to play to certain loved ones this record in some ways i've struggled to play to certain people <laughs> which again well yeah you were just mentioning how it's it's very directly about people in your life mm, yeah and but that's kind of that's that's my job you know, yeah. if it's not, if that isn't my job, then what is my job? You know, mm. um, well, you have to, you have to, I think if you ever get on stage, you have to be able to have a face that can take a punch. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. You have to, you have to, you have to like be strong enough to be, to be disliked because that's because you never, you'll never do anything in your life if you're not, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for any, like anyone who has the compulsion to make work, um, you become used to the sensation of inhabiting that uncomfortable space. And that's kind of, you become more comfortable with it. And you vulnerability. Re- yeah, yeah, exactly. 
And uh, I think that's where the real craft comes in. It doesn't really maybe come from being able to be more kind of tactile with your hands and your mind. It actually becomes you have greater ability to just be in that space for longer. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned uh, intense interviews. <laughs> I was I was reading the one you did recently <laughs> on this album cycle with uh, Vice UK. Uh-huh. I really liked that interview. About the drinking culture, where yeah. we're from. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. But that guy, you know, grew up without... He, Limbo Panto came out when he, when he was 16. So for us, it's a real privilege to have a kind of a generation of journalists now who have grown up with our records as their kind of teenage kind of flagship records, which is uh, an honourable position. And mm. it also means that we can like kind of w- come at a place that's uh, kind of new to us, mm. actually, because these guys are like... When you know teenagers getting to music without the kind of um, the clutter and the bluster of being an adult, yeah. you don't care what anyone thinks about it. it if it touches you, it touches mm. you, and you go with it, and that's kind of nice. And that interview, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but that, that interview in particular that kind of like details what I was talking about before that kind of like uh, dichotomy between like um, uh, I guess like being a lad and being an artist. You know what I mean? It, it's definitely it's that, it, I think it did really well to kind of like really nail that kind of. Um, that kind of situation which is quite I guess if you're not British it's quite particular but I'm sure it, it I'm sure it reiterates itself in various guises around the world you know what I mean so you guys were drinking a lot younger definitely more than I was growing up in America higher drinking age it sounds <laughs> yeah. like that was one thing that struck me from that interview yeah well you drink you, you get drunk at 14 okay it, yeah, it's traditionally a small, small in town thing like, yeah. yeah like and by drunk you should probably be clocking in it one or two vomits a week <laughs> from drinking. Yeah, it's, re- uh, it's really bad. It's a really, really <laughs> unpleasant and destructive part of British culture as well. It's not great. It's like, yeah. as you get older, you just think, really? The rest of my life, really? That's what I want to do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you, you can you can start to wind it in, but of course, um, touring in a band is one of the worst ways of possibly doing that. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a funny one. But I mean, it's not it's not just about that, but that, that feeds into all the kind of like the repression and the kind of like the sort of simmering kind of not violence as such, but certainly like bad blood that goes on, and like you know, and the kind of um, uh, yeah, and the, this weird kind of like little Englander syndrome. We're like, you know, it's it's it's, it's a, yeah, it, it's um, I think we probably detail. I'm further I go, the more I think I'm detailing all the things I don't like about my home country. But um, <laughs> please go on. Yeah. <laughs> I could do the same thing. Yeah, so. well, this is well, this is it. It's easy. It's it's easy with distance, you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. But um, still, like I said, like I was saying before, it still stays with you and in you, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think um. It's there's a constant attempt to kind of because we all went to school, you know, we all went to the same uh, comprehensive school together, and we we're always attempt. There's always an attempt to kind of like deal with that in some way. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, you mentioned the drinking and violent too. It seems like... Yeah, it was yeah. a pretty violent place. I mean, it was certainly like wasn't violent in terms of fear of taking a hit or kind of being, you know, in terms of severe danger to yourself. And it wasn't in any aspect kind of organized crime kind of danger. Um, but that said, you, as a like initiation, had to learn to handle yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But I think that's kind of most people's experience of growing up anyway. I don't think that's kind of unique to us. I think I don't meet many people who hadn't had to kind of learn at some point to have a harder front than they thought they would require to be an adult. You know, there's there's a kind of there's a splintering at some point in anyone's upbringing whereby, you know, you you learn what is your kind of what will deflect unwanted attention, I guess. And um, I think aspects of that person are in this record. You know, there's that there's that sense of aggression and front that um, outs itself. You know? Yeah. And you made the record in Texas, so we could connect a certain lawlessness. To that, yeah, but yeah. Te- Texas was fun. Like it is, it is like I understood. I finally understood what like um and what you guys mean when you talk about freedom in Texas. There is a kind of like a certain like uh, no, you know, all, no holds barred aspect to Dallas and to Texas, which is awesome. You know, to outsider, um, and it, yeah, it was it was great to get out of our environment in London, the kind of claustrophobia of that, and just kind of like okay, people might not understand the kind of the codish the codedness of our early stuff. We need to kind of you know, it was a really good kind of like refocusing uh, mm. situation, I think. Yeah, our kind of indie boy, uh, bohemian East London credentials kind of kind for shit, which is an important position to be put in when you're making a record that actually it came down to far more fundamental aspects about our quality as musicians for a start and also as kind of songwriters. Like, do these songs mean anything to anyone here, you know, or are they, are they exclusive to those people who know the code? So you're going to tour it too, and you're not just going to be playing in London for the indie kids. <laughs> exactly. No, yeah. exactly. exactly. Yeah. I th- well, I think um, I think uh, a lot of people in the UK think London is the whole world, and like I think uh, New York <laughs> is the same way. Yeah, I, th- I think it's. I think it, well, the world is a very big place. I've I've learned that in, um, over the last sort of eight, ten years. Yeah, because there's definitely parallels where I'll see artists or just like people who work in media who can be somewhat sheltered within the cultures of New York and Los Angeles. And there's some other cities in America that are comparable in terms of like, the art that goes on there and what the people mm-hmm. are like. But those cities are more the exception than just what the rest of America is like. Right, sure. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, for us, I think the migration to London was a kind of a guilty one. You know, we certainly felt we were going to swaddle ourselves with, like, you know, kind of familiar people that were going to make us feel comfortable and good about what we did. Um, and that's okay in some respect because that kind of level of competition and uh, fight for space uh, creatively kind of spurs you on. Mm. But um, it also becomes like kind of a vortex that you get sucked into. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it be kind of, um, you find, yeah, it's like, compa- you know, looking into your neighbor's window. Do you know what I mean? And it, it becomes unhelpful because like inevitably, like the most successful musicians aren't necessarily making the best music. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm, you know, 
to, I don't think that's any revelation to anybody. You know what I mean? So, um, but like, in, but inevitably, there's a sense of petty jealousy going on, and a kind of like. So um, Drake's not your favorite artist, is what you're saying? <laughs> I know. I, I, I like Strangely Drake. Strangely, is. I, I, I have absolutely no problem with Drake. He's, just, he's a he's a pop star. You know what I mean? I like some of what he does, and not and not others. But it's, that's pop music. What music that's been released recently, maybe this year, are you into the most? The Anthony record was pretty mm-hmm. profound yeah, for us. Awesome. You know, it's made by our heroes. Um, and that was kind of pretty amazing to hear. Cool. Because from when I first heard you guys, I definitely drew parallels with the vocals. Thanks. Sure. Yeah, it's a yeah. big, you know, yeah, it's cool. a hero. So, so yeah. that's a huge Makes compliment. Sense. And uh, I think his bravery is a really, like, kind of alluring thing about Anthony. You know, he's just balls out like wow good on you you know that's brave taking shots in obama yeah not too many musicians do that it's, it's easy to take shots at the conservatives yeah, but yeah not I, I, too many well this this is it this is one of the things that's starting to annoy me as i get older that like um there's a especially with like the social media kind of bubble that have everyone has around them it's a sense of like you only want to hear things you agree with yeah you know what i mean and it's i think i just think that's weak and cowardly you know what i mean i think you've got to kind of like i, I, I want i want to hear what other people have to say which are, who aren't like me you know mm. what i mean Mm. Joanna Newsom's put a record out in the past year. Yeah, she's always a hero of ours, you know. I I I did a little I did a little squeal when I realised she was putting a record out. It's, yeah, I, yeah mm-hmm. I, I always think like lyrically at least it's like that's like the kind of like the high the the bar to hit when I was like sort of like eighteen nineteen. I was yeah. like, oh my god, she's because she's not much older. She's only a couple of years older than me. It's just like Jesus, listen to that. She, yeah, she's pretty audacious mm-hmm. in kind of and relentless in that vision. Um, there's a electronic guy in the UK called Floating Points. Mm-hmm. He's just put out a really, really great record. Um, that's kind of doing the rounds at the moment. Um, I wish I had. I wish I had more. I kind of like I had to turn off from music mm-hmm. like all last year. Really, I needed um, well, not all music, but like I needed stuff that was like a break with what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like um, I'm only just I'm <laughs> only just kind of like um, reopening my ears, which is you know, but sadly that's part of it. I wish it wasn't because like, I want to stay. Mm-hmm. I want to stay. Um, mm. What do you say? Woke all the time. Stay woke. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to do that all, at all times, but it's sometimes difficult. Mm. Just consuming that culture. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you become like, so you kind of, musicians are quite similar to athletes in that they have the kind of same tr- career path, the same kind of uh, shortness of potential career, the same kind of burnout potentially, but also the same sense that when you're really kind of in training for for an event, you kind of, kind of block out the rest of the world and you go into a yeah. training training camp and kind of focus solely in on yourself. Yeah, but it's it's, it, it seems like while you were making the record, you weren't just sh- completely shutting out other music because the stuff you've been mentioning has been somewhat recent. Yeah, no, that's true, yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't really a shutting out. I think, like, I, I was, as, as ever, we like, were going away and listening to other stuff and we pretend it wasn't getting in. And of course it was, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, it's it was all it was. I mean, it's always pretty broad. It's the thing. I think um, certainly these days, like um, I'm gonna sound like a granddad, don't I? But um, like genre barriers are just laughable. They don't really happen. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's true for most people, you know. And I think um, that in itself um, gives you a, a huge, much bigger palette to paint paint with. You know what I mean? And while obviously trying to stay authentic to what you try to do in the first place, it does give you um, more weapons. You know, and I think it's um. As, you know, when you're making stuff, I think it's a much more exciting time now than it was when we started making records. I think it's much more fertile. Yeah, we, we were mentioning trying to take rock music or guy rock music and make it interesting. Mm. Are there any bands like that 
new bands, current bands you find really interesting? Well, I mean, for us, uh, One O Tricks Point Never, although he's not a guitar band, he kind of mm-hmm. released his metal record. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that for us was kind of symbolic of, ah, this is interesting. Like the reclaiming of the distortion pedal, the kind of reimagining of it. <clears throat> I don't, um, know if you, I don't know if you noticed the Steve I solo on the latest M83 single yes, as well. Yes, I, I was just it. like, okay, you can't miss it. <laughs> it's can hard you? to not notice. But I, was like, I was like, oh, we were accidentally part of that curve. Do you know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. we, we suddenly we've got guitar solos all over the place and stuff. And it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just one of those serendipitous things, I suppose. I mean, obviously, none of us are Steve I, but no one in this room is Steve I. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's hey, a, you never know. I, I, you know what, actually, I shouldn't assume. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. I, I don't know that. But, um, but yeah, um, we don't have access to a, you know, a, um, virtuoso guitar player but um, we just wanted to kind of have a kind of like a, that wouldn't even be appropriate we wanted we wanted a fairly kind of like slack and dirty approach you know I thought I felt a little bit more um, on the money yeah I guess the, the life cycle of any music kind of goes from being if you're lucky cool to being very uncool to being taboo to being reclaimed to being cool and kind of Steve Vai and these kind of, yeah, kind yeah. of these sensibilities are kind of on the curve towards taboo to cool you know yeah um, I, I think I think so I think I think um yeah we're starting to transition into that kind of era yeah. I think but crucially it's because it, it's becoming cool again because it feels good like it speaks of the now and there's a kind of um well I was just talked about one tricks point ever it's because um there's a now a digital distortion a glitchiness which is kind of sounds like now to me it sounds like how things feel now mm. that kind of aggression but with a, without, maybe not with a guitar, but with a mm. synth, it kind of feels like, yeah, that speaks. Yeah. And there is there is something amusing as well about being like a so-called art band and thinking that like, um, oh, it's not cool, we can't do that. It's, like, it's not like rock music and guitar solos ever went away. Do you know what I mean? It's like maybe there's like the 10% of people in the world who like might be interested in like our music. Like, and that's probably a generous percentage, you know, <laughs> don't listen, you know, oh, oh, we can't possibly listen to that. That isn't cool. People don't care. It never, it never goes away. You know what I mean? You think like, you think like no effects don't fill arenas. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it mm. just doesn't, it doesn't stop, you know? Well, I guess you like Tom does the audacious solos and shredding on this record and all this, but then he does, you know, some pretty dirty, sleazy yeah. lines. But Benny's, Benny's, the tasteful good stuff is Benny, the stupid stuff is me, generally speaking. <laughs> but that's your, like, they're the kind of, uh, cra- that's the craft you learn at 14 mm. but you know you still you always are making records for your 14 year old self always that's why it, that's, I guess it never goes away mm-hmm. and it was it's probably it was surprising to me that what you know when you spent probably the hours in your bedroom at 14 learning by heart these kind of intricate lines that they would actually one day come to serve you as, as a kind of an art form as an adult no totally there's like, a beauty to that yeah, yeah and I, I think so as well i think like i was always into like like folk music and learned to finger pick and stuff and like went right back to like roots music and stuff and then I'd, i kind of like again have not had my kind of like midlife crisis and bought a sports car and you know that's <laughs> kind of that's kind of what this guitar so guitar playing is do you know what i mean it's uh, yeah it's uh it's like impotent rage. Do you know what I mean? It's like a penis substitute. It's you know that that is a big that is a big part of what we're trying to do on the record. I think that kind of like that hoping nobody notices that the front is just a front. You know. Mm-hmm. Also, I was saying you guys have been with Domino through your whole career. We were talking about mm. putting out a lot of albums mm. in a short amount of time. Mm. I guess stability helps. Stability helps, and um, yeah, assurance absolutely helps. It means you kind of you're putting your energies into what kind of will create the product rather than putting your energies into kind of meetings and handshaking with people who you don't know 
really yeah. are going to stick around. That kind of definitely helps, just in terms of sheer logistics. But also, I, I feel like only really now, five albums later, am I really realizing quite how fortuitous it was that Domino came in for us. The only label that came in for us. The only label that kind of were prepared to kind of pick up the kryptonite. You know, <laughs> um, <clears throat> because we, they've never, ever told us what to do. And we've only got arrived at this place by this kind of dysfunctional and uh, hugely inefficient process of exploring all these aspects of ourselves and, and making all these kind of different records. And um, I, th- I do think their kind of repertoire shows that that's their ethos, because there are some really visionary records getting made under the Domino banner but they're not made through kind of um, fluke. They're made because people are given that kind of platform. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because there's, there's a lot of experimentation, like you were saying, across. Then I think like when I was in high school, the first time I noticed Domino was the Franz Ferdinand, mm. this fire video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like all the, the art imagery yeah. and like flashing the label at the end of it or the name yeah. Domino at the end. So that was reaching me on like on MTV. Yeah. In America, just, yeah. You know. Well, they've always celebrated difference. And if you celebrate difference loudly and proudly enough for long enough, you, don't, you t- tend to attract those different people, the people who also say, ah, I'm, I'm weird too, that's cool. Mm. Yeah, because with rock catching on in America, and especially like British rock, Franz Ferdinand and Arctic Monkeys are pretty big here. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's like, you know, sort of an exception with... There, there's, I think there's a long history of amazing British rock bands just being like cult bands in America yeah, and not sure. really being appreciated the same way. Well, I think like a lot of British music is kind of a refraction of American music. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of, and it comes back different. And the whole like, kind huh. of, and the whole kind of like a much more punk and post-punk influence thing in the UK was kind of like, um, it comes at it from a much different, like, I guess I always associate like my, you know, my kind of childhood, like alternative rock from America and stuff. And like, um, uh, the British thing is just so different to that. Do you know what I mean? It's so, um, it's it's a bit more wry, I guess. It's a bit more knowing. It's also using, mm. di- it's got very different touch stones, touch points, you know what I mean? It's also being released into a very, very different environment. Mm. You know what I mean? In terms of like, like our, our radio is so different. Our TV is so different. Our, um, you know, shows and where you play live music is different. You know, it, it's... Because um, you know we've we grown up with we've grown up around like um, European dance music as much as anything. You know what I mean? And that okay. that's just doesn't that's just not a thing here. You know what I mean? Like, um, forgive me, but like dance music in America is something I fi- just fi- I do find quite funny because it's just it's so off the map for what it, where it is in Europe. Do you know what I mean? It's completely a different thing. Take me through that. Well, in 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 Europe, it's still I mean it's it's quite mainstream, but even even the mainstream is it's, it's very European. It's very cl- it's very club orientated. It's quite gay. A lot of it's very gay and quite kinky. It's associated. With kind of like you know transgressive nightclubs and stuff and like um it doesn't seem that way in the no. u.s it seems like you know um bros with glow sticks got and like, you know you, you kind of got dubstep i mean dubstep to me is like guys in like well yeah in, a yeah, very different definition yeah guys guys in croydon in winter coats, burial. Ga- ga- yeah exactly <laughs> like, got- i gathered around a laptop like yeah. kind of like nodding their heads yeah you've got like you know vegas pool parties and stuff which, which is awesome i mean i wish i kind of wish i had that version but like you know it's much more um it's i think it's, it's quite dark a lot of british music you know it's quite dark it's quite right it's quite um self-loathing i guess you know mm-hmm. um and it's it, and it's and sometimes it's quite claustrophobic and it's not you know it's not frankly some of it's not that good am i right in saying brit pop didn't happen here did the, the brit pop bands didn't really 
more more just select songs like song two sure. is played at arenas all the time here. yeah that makes sense that, makes but that sense. was kind of the post brit pop yeah song in a, a few years after yeah i mean i'm talking like morning glory era oasis and see kind that of... was big here but that's an ex like more of an exception because they sound right, like okay. they sound like the beatles a lot so it okay. kind of <laughs> yes. all right you could in. say that yeah okay <laughs> yeah. Sound a little like the beatles yeah that's interesting but with Blur, it was basically just that one song. Like the peak Britpop era Blur really was just like a college rock indie thing in yeah, America. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, that's interesting. But th- yeah, that was like... Get- Everyone knows Wonderwall, though, and like Champagne Supernova. People sure. know those songs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, they're kind of hymns in England. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't... You, know. if it, you, can't um, you, you can't go to a, bar, a pub or a party without some, someone... I mean, someone's going to play yeah. that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? People it, uh, are born... Married and dying to those songs on a daily basis in England still. Yeah. Okay. So that's a s- similar comparison, at least with those songs in America. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but I get the sense that a lot of bands that were ubiquitous on that level in England here are just cult bands. If, if that, like some of them are completely unheard of. That, that, really, that really blew my mind. Because, um, I guess we've been coming here for a little while now, but like yeah. just how different it was. Because obviously we get a lot of American music, you know, like a lot. We consume a lot of it. But it's different. What we get is different. Do you know what I mean? Like you turn on a hip hop station over here and it's a track I've never heard. It's huge. And we just haven't got that. Do you know what I mean? We've got a different one, which is equally huge, but it, it's like there's so much more here. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like we're like, a, we're like a niche exporter. You know, it, it's, it's strange. Mm. It's strange. And Adele. Everyone loves Adele. Well, you know what? I mean, we played a show with Adele when she was 17. We were, she was we were on a three-band bill. She was beneath us. This was in Birmingham. Um, it's a nice one to put on the resume. Yeah, isn't it? She's yeah, Adele she's a, And you know what? Yeah, the 17-year-old girl with the guitar, our jaws are on the floor. She was awesome. It's just like, yeah, it's just like really okay, good. enough said. She's absolutely fucking incredible. So from that point onwards, that was our kind of understanding of her. And... Did we stand there and think this girl were going to sell Michael Jackson levels of record? No. But was she in the flesh, in the real, something that you would regard as that kind of profoundly special? Yeah, she probably was, actually. Mm. And she's been really nice to us, actually. She's kind of, like, shouted us out opportunities where she didn't have to, you know, and she's, you know, among the bigger artists in the world. So that's that's yeah. nice. She's just, you know, she's kind of, like, made a point of, like, saying how much she likes us and stuff, which is, like... I'd like to thank Adele mm. <laughs> right now if I get this opportunity, but yeah, um, she is huge. She is really, I and mean, like she just did Glastonbury, and people were like weeping. Like, well, I wept. Li- I was watching. I was in Dallas watching it, and I actually wept watching it because um, I was like just so happy for that. She went out into the, this is on the last song. She went out into the audience, and like to see, uh, it's just it is a moving thing to see, kind of people are great people mass of people move as one towards this kind of deity yeah in this reverence it's just a powerful thing to watch like and uh to that kind of to see that emotional connection on such a grand scale is you can't deny it like it's like denying being human like what you were monsters that not make you cry yeah. <laughs> it's like to cry to adele as to be human kind of <laughs> i mean she's you know I, i've said this on this trip that um you know Music is in many ways kind of a first aid kit to people. And, mm. uh, you know, she she kind of treats a pretty familiar ailment very well, you know? Yeah, yeah so I, I guess that when when you guys played with her, that was when she did 
the 19 album or around there it would have been yeah it would have been yeah. bef- quite a bit before, before. That. yeah w- yeah i mean even as soon as that album came out 17. she was big she was 17 she, yeah was, i think it was a couple of years before that probably maybe yeah. 17 or 18 mm. that she kind of released the record hmm. a couple, maybe a year later we would this was in 2006 i don't is know that what it, is that what it was i God. don't know the general yeah time scale no, it was, it was. I mean, yeah, ten years ago. Yeah, ten years something ago. like that. As, but as, as you said, it was. It was obvious that like, you, you just know when you see someone that's like above the, you know, above the normal. Do you know what I mean? Like, even if they don't go on to do anything, it's just like there's something there which you can't explain why that's why that's good. You know what I mean? It's just there. And I, I hate to talk about talent because it sounds. I'm not sure I believe in talent generally, but like, she had something which I don't have access to. You know what I mean? Were there any other shows similar to that where you shared a bill or someone early on or just very <laughs> randomly and now you look back and it's like, wow. Oh, you, oh, you loads. Yeah, it, uh. it happens. I mean, but, but you know, it's, you know, it, it, we've made five records. That's kind of not uh, the, us, the usual kind of, and that means we have seen kind of these uh, prodigies come and go. Mm. You know, we've seen people who have dismissed people who've gone on to become kind of, huge powerful artists and we've kind of also seen spellbinding incredible artists kind of wither into kind of obscurity mm-hmm. um and you kind of you start to realize that there is no rule that actually you kind of are you do make your peace with oblivion that you know and that's kind of the adventure of it make your peace with oblivion <laughs> yeah i mean like yeah. you give your record over there's no guarantees that it will uh take you know you kind of you put a seed in the ground and hope that it'll grow if you water it and put it but sometimes that little bugger just doesn't want to go yeah i feel like in british music maybe it's an industry thing or a press thing i always get the sense there's this next big thing pressure cooker kind of where it churns out artists yeah there there is a bit it's a bit self-defeating because you just end up churning out you're hyping up stuff which is not ready to take it do you know what i mean and it just crashes and burns um yeah, it does. It does a bit. It's a small. It's a small country. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it's um, there's a constant need for novelty. You know, and um, mm. and but I mean, who, who been, <laughs> like it's that, that's that's just kind of how it goes. Do you know what I mean? But I think um, if you uh, if you take that in, if you kind of like imbue your own music with that feeling that like I have to be this thing, then you're on a hiding to absolutely nowhere. Do you know what I mean? You have to kind mm. of like start start with yourselves first. And okay, this is something I'm happy with. And then, I mean, it's great if the hype follows you, wonderful. But I don't expect it to last forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do think there is something also invigorating about that kind of pace. That there's something I kind of feel satiated by the ability to reincarnate. Like, that's a huge part of the job. Like, being able to, that, that kind of obsession with Eunice means that you do kind of abandon a lot of your old work to the wasteland of the past, I guess. And not many people get to do that like turn up and say okay I'm this guy today and that guy was yesterday and that's kind of um, I I personally get a lot out of that yeah just like that constant raising the bar (laughs) raising the bar and like kind of updating and kind of you kind of constantly software updating you know this is where I am now 4.0 exactly 5.0 yeah 5.0 yeah you could say (laughs) yeah yeah and then you know people get nostalgic about well I I liked version 1 the best it's like, well, you didn't because you didn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Got to wait for the Limbo Panto 10-year anniversary tour. We'll have to drop the keys a little bit. Yeah, we? my <laughs> God. I mean, that's a kind of... We were, like, <clears throat> we've compared ourselves to athletes before. You are very kindly giving us 
the platform to compare ourselves to athletes <laughs> and we'll take it but you know it's in that sense i think we like when we made that record there was such a kind of frenzy of like a youthful uh, optimism and exuberance that we kind of reached levels of kind of performance and musicianship that i can't really get back to in truth like Because we're, we're rehearsing like five nights a week, then playing two shows at the weekend. Like we just we're just practicing huh. all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's what we did, and that's you know that's that that's that was just the life we chose, as it were. You know. But also, we didn't know what we were doing. Nah. And when you don't know what you're doing, you kind of go through things in these really convoluted and um, neurotic ways that actually become really beautiful. They become a really honest thing. Um, and I guess part of like subscribing to making pop music as it were is that you kind of accept that you have a verse chorus verse chorus middle eight chorus to make your point and kind of getting better at what you do is being just as kind of powerful but with less yeah so you use half the lines and half the chords to do so but um that record in many ways uses all the lines and all the chords <laughs> <laughs> cool well yeah back to the beginning but that's it's pretty much all i have on my end Is there anything else you guys want to throw out there? Um, I don't think so. No, I think, I think yeah, but just nice to nice to get in such depth. I think things are occurring to me which hadn't occurred to me before. Cool. Thanks, mate. That's it. That's the show. Hope you enjoyed that chat with the Wild Beasts again. Their album came out recently on Domino Records. It's called Boy King. Check it out. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. I just genuinely love doing this show. Drop an episode about every week on Billboard.com, all different days. So to keep up with that, get it automatically. Subscribe to the show. You can do that by searching for it in the podcast app on your phone or just go into iTunes. Once you're there, subscribe. Give us a star rating. helps immensely with everything I do with the show. And yeah, check out the old episodes. Dig through the archives. There's tons of stuff there. If you were into this show, some stuff recently, I think you'd be into uh, Mitski, Pup, Local Natives, Courtney Barnett, Yesayer, Shamir, all sorts of stuff to find in the archives there. Or just wait till next week. We've got Card Knocks on the show. So till then, yeah, talk soon. Bye, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.